Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This episode of Away From Keyboard is brought to you by Hired. One thing people hate doing is searching for a new job. It's so painful to search through open positions on every job board under the sun. The process to find a new job is such a mess. If only there was an easier way. Well, I'm here to tell you there is. Our friends at Hired have made it so companies send you offers with salary, benefits, and even equity up front. All you have to do is answer a few questions to showcase who you are and what type of job you're looking for. They work with more than 6,000 companies from startups to large publicly traded companies in 14 major tech hubs in North America and Europe. You get to see all of your interview requests. You can accept, reject, or make changes to their offer even before you talk with anyone. And it's totally free. This isn't going to cost you a thing. It's not like you have to go there and spend money to get this opportunity. And if you get a job that are hired, they're even going to give you a bonus. It's normally $300, but since you're a listener of AFK, they're going to give you $600 instead. Even if you're not looking for a job, you can refer a friend and Hired will send you a check for $1,337 when they accept the job. As you can see, Hired makes it too easy. Get started at Hired.com slash AFK. Changelog Media, this is Away From Keyboard, a show exploring the human side of creative work. I'm Tim Smith. Describing what Jason Snell does really can't be done with one word. He's been covering Apple and other technology companies for more than 20 years, 10 of those as lead editor at Macworld. But personally, I first came to know Jason from The Incomparable, a podcast that turned into a whole network of shows on pop culture. He's still doing that show, and if I'm counting right... He's on at least five podcasts a week. On top of that, he's the editor-in-chief of Six Colors, a site he started a little over four years ago. All in all, one thing is for sure. A typical day in Jason's life uh, doesn't really exist. Well, one of the nice things about about what I do is that I don't have a typical day, I think, so much. I tend to go in cycles. And the Every day of the week is a little bit different. If I would boil it down to a typical day, it would be that I come into the office, which is my garage, right, you know, inside my house. I, I walk in here at somewhere between 8 and 9 in the morning and turn on the computer and start working. I Obviously, well, I'll go out. I might uh, walk the dog or go for a uh, uh, run or a bike ride um, in the middle of the day, make myself some lunch. The kids get home from school at some point in the afternoon, and uh, I probably knock off somewhere between 5 and and uh, 6.30. It sort of depends on the average day. I'd say somewhere between 5 and 6. I will turn off the computer. Beyond that, the details of what I'm doing during a regular day, you know, I have two podcasts that record at 9 a.m. So on Monday and Thursday, I'm in here prepping and then... Um, I've got other podcasts sort of strewn throughout the week, Thursday or uh, Tuesday, it's sort of midday, Friday, it's in the late afternoon. I've got freelance stuff, so I've got that marked. So sometimes I'm writing freelance stories um, and I've got those blocked off because I've got sort of weekly and and uh, every other weekly uh, gigs that I'm doing. And so I've got those blocked off. And if I'm not writing those, then maybe I'm writing something for my own site or I might be working on something else. I might be working on editing a podcast or uh, making a video or something. So it's not there's not a, a, 
a super like typical typical day other than to say i probably yeah i'm probably in here eight or nine to five or six and i am probably doing a podcast and editing a podcast somewhere in there and also doing some writing and at some point during the day i may want to take a break from writing at my desk and i'll go um uh, right on my iPad on the counter in the in the kitchen, or I'll go to the Starbucks that's down the street that I can walk to in less than five minutes. And that's if I, you know, I really need a change of venue in order to get uh, the words uh, flowing. You you do a lot <laughs> in one. Well, day. that's that, that's the thing is that it's not. I mean, I if it, it, it's it varies from day to day. I would say if I had like the super average day, it was probably it, it's probably record a podcast and write something. But you know, some days I I definitely record a podcast and other days I don't. Uh, some days I write more than one thing and uh, other days I don't. And I don't edit a podcast every day because some of the podcasts I do, I don't have to edit, which is great. Um, so, you know, it just, it it varies. It varies from day to day. And um, and I do work a little bit on the weekend too, although I, that's like my Saturday morning. I, I actually am doing some podcast editing on Saturday morning. I do a lot. There's It's true. It's just, it's varied. Like I don't do everything I do every day. It varies, especially throughout the week. Which I think is nice because then you're not doing a ton of contact switching in one day. Yeah, I like a little bit of it. It, it. it can be really good, but there is a point where you start to lose momentum if you are if you have to do eight, nine different things in a day that are all uh, little. You know, but I also like the break. Like that's one of the reasons why I will sometimes write at some place that isn't my desk. Is there is something to be said for contact switching because it makes you feel like you're starting something new instead of kind of just moving on to the next piece of the puzzle and starting something new is refreshing in a way that just kind of like going to step two is not. So you've been doing this for four years now. What would you say has been the most difficult thing about being self-employed? I don't know. I think for me, this is a hard question to answer. I think I would say deciding when I don't have specific obligations, when I'm thinking of either projects that are long-term or I've got a whole menu of items to choose from, I find that difficult. It's way easier if I know I need to do three things in a day. But if I have a day, let's say I have a Wednesday and I have no writing obligations specifically, especially freelance, and I don't have any podcasts that day, what do I do on Wednesday? And that <laughs> that is difficult for me because, yes, I can write another story on my site. I could work on a video. Do I want to do a video? Well, a video is going to take probably more than a day, but I could start it. But do I have time to finish it? Do I have a long-term project? Is there a book project that I need to work on that I should start planning? Or do I say to myself, you know what? You work really hard and you work kind of six days a week. So maybe Wednesday morning you should uh, go see a movie or something like that. That for me is the most difficult thing is um, having that moment of kind of uh, paralysis because I don't have just ta the next task in front of me and I have to do long-term planning and I have to create that structure around me. And those moments when I don't have that structure and I'm not sure what the best path forward is, those are hard. I mean, I could say uh, not having a regular paycheck and not knowing where the next uh, amount of money is coming from, but I've been doing this now for almost four years and I've got a bunch of different projects going and fortunately they're all fairly consistent. I don't have that kind of wake up at two in the morning morning and think, oh my God, wh where's the next paycheck coming from? And I'm very glad that I'm not in that situation. So instead, it has a lot more to do with kind of getting out of my short term. It's so easy to get in the short term 
you know, it's almost like a rut, or you can say that it's a, it's a, you're, you're, you're in a groove. That's the positive kind of rut, I guess. Um, that's great, but you do have to think about the long term and the big picture and give yourself new assignments to do and think a little more strategically. And that can lead you to a moment where you're sitting there on a Wednesday at 10 a.m. and thinking, I don't even know what I should be doing right now. And you gotta, that, that's when it's actually really good to take a walk with the dog and, and sort of clear your head and think about what you're, what you're going to do or go for a run or bike ride or whatever. One of the things that I heard you say a few different times is the fact that you go for a walk somewhere. How important has that been for you doing what you do? Because I think sometimes as creative people, we don't give enough credit to how important it can be to take a break. I have to remind myself to do it. So um, it is important, but it is something that I have to remind myself. And it's very easy for me to get out of the habit. I am always surprised, and I shouldn't be, but I'm always surprised when my wife comes home from work and I say... Oh, I didn't do any. I, I didn't take. I didn't do anything today. I didn't take the dog out. Well, I mean, I worked, but like, I didn't take the dog out. I didn't get out of the house today. The problem is, I don't mind working in the house all day. I know it's not good for me, but I don't mind it. And and so I have to remind myself. If I was getting stir crazy, um, I would feel differently. And some people say, how do you, how do you deal with? Uh, you know, being on your own and, and not having coworkers and things like that. It's like I live in a house with three other people, right? Like my kids, they aren't here when it's school time then in the afternoon they're here so i actually have a fairly small window where it's just me and the dog and the cat in the house i don't feel lonely and i I do need to remind myself to get out and move and it 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 feels good and it's the good thing to do but you always have to fight against the fact that every hour i spend out of the house taking a walk or whatever is an hour i'm not working yeah you have to get in that mindset that that's just it's part of it's essentially part of the cost of doing business or in this case the cost of being a uh, a, a healthy uh, mentally and physically kind of a person and worker you can't just sit there and grind all day and then go lay down you have to kind of break it up um, I will often do that where I, I will uh, come in and work in the morning I haven't taken a shower or anything I just kind of roll out of bed and I come in here and I start working and then midday I have that where I'm like okay now that I've sort of completed some task or I've moved, I, I, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm now ready to do some context switching. What I'm going to do is I'm going to walk the dog, take a shower, um, maybe make myself an early lunch and then come back in and, and keep working. You try to, you know, at least that's what I'm trying to do is kind of like break it up into uh, little blocks of work. And I have much more flexibility to do that being an independent per- person and being uh, in my house that it's a lot easier for me to say work, uh, you know, work, shower, uh, work some more, lunch, work some more, walk the dog, work some more. I can do that if I want to, if I've got those um, the work that I'm doing in blocks like that. I, I think it's interesting that you say that it is so much easier for you to do that since you work at home. When I find that a lot of the people that I talk to that work from home that's what makes it so hard for them. Well, I mean, it's both, right? I mean, you have to do it. When I was working in downtown San Francisco and I was riding a bus for almost an hour to get in and out every day, I couldn't exactly roll out of bed and work for a little while and then <laughs> and then take a shower, yeah. right? I can't do that. It's it's I, I had to wake up, take a shower, walk to the bus, ride on the bus. You know, it, that, all that stuff was inflexible. Like going back to what I said about the thing that is most difficult, there is something to that, that you don't have a map. You have to make your own map. You don't have a boss telling you what to do. You have to choose what to do. And you you know, that is hard, but it also the flexibility, it's the tyranny of choice in some ways. Flexibility <laughs> is great, but you have to build your ability to use that flexibility in ways that are positive. 
Coming up, Jason talks to me about how he manages a business while having a family, the importance of diversified revenue streams, and the cure to his burnout. Hey everyone, I'm Tim Smith, senior producer here at Changelog. You know how important it is to stay in the know. And our weekly newsletter helps you and thousands of other developers do exactly that. It's the developer news that matters, nothing more and nothing less. Visit changelog.com and subscribe today. From Changelog Media, this is Away From Keyboard. I'm Tim Smith. Given how busy Jason is, one of the things that I was curious about was how he manages to strike a balance between work and being a husband and father. Unsurprisingly, the whole dynamic of that balance changed drastically when he started working from home. My old job, I was out the door before 8 and often not home until after 7 p.m. And I still had other things that I was doing. I still had a podcast that I would do, so I would do some evening recordings. And I was editing podcasts on the weekend. So in some ways, like, being at home has allowed me... I'm home when my kids get home. I'm working, but I'm home, and I can say hi to them, and I can see what they're doing. And then when I'm done, I'm done. I'm I'm at home. And and that's the other thing about being on uh, in a commute. It would be like when I was done, it was another hour before I was actually home after being done with work. Like, I can't do anymore. I've hit the wall here. Great. Well, now you're going to sit on a bus for an hour. So all of that has gotten a lot of family time back. I do work a lot. I don't love it, but uh, when you start out, I think you take on a lot of work because... You know, you are, you do have that fear that you're not going to make it, that you don't have a regular paycheck. So you want to say yes to all the work. I'm gradually getting better at saying no and relinquishing uh, jobs that I don't really want. I also probably work more than I need to because I want to keep a spread of things that I'm working on because that way, if one thing falls apart, I've got some other stuff I can do. If something goes down, maybe something else is coming up, or at least that thing is still steady. And so I do probably work more than I, I, I need to in terms of supporting my family at this point, because I want to have some diversity in what the income is that I'm doing. Um, if, if, I, if you could guarantee me that every single thing I work on right now would generate the amount of revenue that it generates right now for the rest, for a decade, let's say, <laughs> I, would probably, I would probably quit doing a few things. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. I try to be around, um, I'm around most evenings unless I'm recording a podcast, but that's something that, you know, I have some evening podcasts that I do. So that, that takes time. You know, we're all, we're all home for dinner together, which is nice. And on the weekends, I've tried to minimize that. But it also varies. Like, we're going away for uh, two weeks this summer, and I'm already banking stuff for when we're gone because the work doesn't stop even when you're gone. And so, like, this past weekend, I recorded a bunch of podcasts. The payoff is there are two weeks coming up when we'll be on vacation, and I won't be doing any podcasts. My wife has been very flexible about this stuff, which I am appreciative of. If she put her foot down about something, I would make changes, but I think it's working okay right now. One of the things you said there was was your diversity of income. And I think this kind of goes back to that question I asked you at the beginning. Like when I asked you the most difficult thing of being self-employed, your answer was not the where's the money coming from. And and I think that's just a testament to how how you've diversified where your money is coming from. And that that's such a big lesson, I think, for a lot uh, of people that want to be self-employed. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great, not only are there legal issues, like if you have one revenue source, you're kind of an employee, which you're, you're, the people who are paying you are not going to like that. There are, there are legal issues there. It's always good to have multiple streams if you can. It's always, um, it's always good. David Sparks and I talk about this on our free agents podcast and, and, and have talked about it a lot in the last three years. And if you have one client, <laughs> like, what happens when they go out of business or they drop you or they cut your work in half? Like you, ha- you just lost half your income. If you have four clients and one of them goes out of business or or drops you or uh, cuts what they're paying you in half, guess what? Your your income went down by 25 to, you know, or, or 12 or something, you know, depending on the scenario. It didn't go to zero. And that's better. And that also means that if you have, a, you have four clients and one of them is a jerk, you can dump them and then go find another client knowing you've got those three other clients to help see you through. So there's so many reasons if you can to diversify. And in my case, I'm diversifying not just in terms of clients, but in terms of industry. I've got a lot of podcast um, revenue and a lot of freelance writing revenue, which is good in either case of if the websites I write for go out of business, then uh, I've still got the podcast stuff. And if the podcast ad industry falls apart, I've still got the writing. And then I've also got some uh, direct audience support for my writing and my podcasting that's in the mix there, too. So it's diversified in a bunch of ways. If you're a lawyer, obviously, probably the reality is you're going to have a bunch of different clients. Uh, If you're an artist or a writer, you're just going to have a bunch of different clients in your field. I'm just I feel fortunate that I've ended up being able to diversify across um, these different uh, media types, too, because that gives me a little more confidence that I don't think all the tech websites are going to shut down and all the podcast advertising is going to go away um, immediately, right? Like, I, I think it's unlikely that all of the everything just goes bad immediately. It, you never know, but it seems a lot, a lot less likely. Yeah. My last question for you is, what has been your method for overcoming burnout or lack of motivation? Because most creative people deal with this. So I was burned out in my job and I left my job and I healed <laughs> slowly. I healed um, and I got back to the stuff that I really wanted to do. And, and the, my story of being independent, I mean, really is that I'm back doing the stuff that I always love to do, which is creating things and writing and making podcasts and stuff like that. Whereas my last job, I was doing a lot of management and a lot of budgeting and running a lot of meetings and not making things. I was I was managing people who were managing people who were making things. Uh, you know, and when I did make something, I felt like I was kind of playing hooky for my actual job. When I would write an article, it would be like, well, that's not really why we're paying you. Um, and I would just do it to keep sane. So some of it is focusing on the things that I, I love to do and I want to do and that I'm good at. I'm not a perfectionist, but I definitely am somebody who who wants to keep making things and wants them to be good. And I feel like they can always be better. It's not the same. I don't believe in perfection, so I can't be a perfectionist. But I want them to be better. I want them to be good. I'm always thinking about things that I'm doing that could be better and and why and trying to strive for that. That gives me a lot of motivation. Not having a paycheck gives me a lot of motivation. Um, <laughs> right. And that diversity of income also feels, you know, having a diversity of things that I'm doing so I can shift gears, that helps a lot. If somebody said, oh, well, you like to write 
what if we pay you, you know, what you're making now and all you'll do is write about uh, the stuff you write about now, but you'll just do it all day, every day. That's all you'll do. I don't think I want to do that. Right now, I get to make what I make and do what I do. And I am doing podcasts and I am doing different podcasts. Like I do tech, I do a tech podcast where I'm hosting a panel and I do one where it's two people chatting. I do a TV podcast. I do a space podcast. I, you know, I have, and then I'm writing, I'm writing for Macworld. I'm writing for Tom's Guide. I'm writing for Six Colors. And I, I can write different aspects for all of those different places. That's really rich and allows me to uh, do some of that context switching in a good way. It's, you know, I, I get to do a bunch of different stuff during the week instead of it literally being you're chained to your desk. I could do it and I have done it, but I would rather <laughs> not if I don't have to. And it helps. It helps to, to be able to shift. Well, I, I ask you because I feel like even when when you're doing what you love and even when you're in an ideal, whatever ideal means, right? Because is there an ideal? Yeah. <laughs> but like even 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 in your situation, right, where you where you love what you're doing, you have this diversity of of things that you get to do. It, it's a pretty ideal situation for you. Even even then, it doesn't mean that every day is easy. You know what I mean? Uh, like there, there's still there's still tiredness and there's still some lack of motivation. And that's why I asked you about that. For me, what I what I try to remember in those moments is that I am my own boss. I am also my own HR person. I am my own manager. I need to give myself permission to not overdo it. I need to give myself permission to take a break. If I know that the weather forecast is really good tomorrow and I don't have to do a podcast tomorrow and I could go to the beach, maybe I go to the beach. Maybe I do something that is not work. Um, The reality is that for me anyway, a lot of this takes care of itself for every um, super busy week. Like when there's an Apple event, I find that I am almost subconsciously like I take it a little easy the week before and I end up taking it a little bit easy the week or two after when things subside a little bit. I don't know. It's just, I don't I don't know if I've got one technique here, just trying to give myself a break when I realize that I'm kind of pushing it into the red and have been doing that a little too long. And recognizing that about yourself is hard, uh, but I, tr- I try to do that. Jason Snell. You can find his writing on sixcolors.com. AFK is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Tim Smith. The beats are from the one and only Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Smith Timmy Tim on Twitter. You can find the show at AFK underscore show. Thank you to our sponsor, Hired. If you or a friend are looking for a new job, head to Hired.com slash AFK. Our bandwidth is provided by Fastly. Learn more about them at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. Before ending our call, I just, I had to hear what Jason thought of the new Star Wars movie, Solo. I liked it. I um, I think we've reached the point in Star Wars where we need to accept those of us who especially remember Star Wars as being these earth-shattering movie events that it's a franchise now that is going to release a movie every year. And while I really liked Solo and I thought it was fun, I think what's interesting about it is also that it's inessential. It is just a fun story in the Star Wars universe. Star Wars isn't what it used to be when it was giant movies every three years that totally changed your life. It's not what it is now. It's like Marvel, it's going to be much more like that where there's more of them all the time and they're all different and that's fine. I'm Tim Smith and this is Away From Keyboard. 